all you beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of So I Got My BFA. For all my newbies out there, hello, welcome. My name is Kelsey, and this is a podcast where I talk about all of the things that I feel qualified to talk about because I have a BFA in musical theater. Quick disclaimer, this episode is going to be a little bit different from my typical format, so if you are a new listener and you're wondering what a normal episode looks like, feel free to check out one of my previous episodes. I recommend maybe Mean Girls or Newsies or Next to Normal. Those are fun ones. But as always, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave me a rating and a review. And if you're on Spotify, go ahead and give me a download that really helps me out a lot. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And with that, let's get into the episode. I'm just talking, babbling. This is what you came here for, isn't it? Hey guys, what is up? Good morning. Good morning. At least it's morning when I'm recording this right now. Um, It could be good evening or good afternoon or happy 2 a.m. And I hope those melatonin pills kick in soon. It's been so long, guys, and by that I mean it's been an extra week since I've talked to you last. Last week was so hectic, so crazy, and I feel like so many things have happened that I don't even know what to talk about. The most important thing being that I filmed Showcase, which was very, very exciting. It was so weird to go in and just, you know, really step in right where we left off. It's crazy because I think I talked about this on my last episode, but the day that I filmed the episode last week was the day that we got the shutdown notice of, uh, for college. It was the first day that we were not going to go back. And the day after that was the day that we were actually filming showcase. So it's so, it's such like a time warp thing where we, one year later, the next day we just stepped in and did the thing. So that was really, really exciting. I didn't get to see a lot of people. I did get to see a couple of my classmates that I haven't seen in a while, but because of COVID and regulations and safety and everything, we kind of came in one at a time. So I really only got to see the person who was coming after me, but it was really nice to see her. I haven't seen her in a year. Yeah, it was just really, really exciting. Oh my gosh, just like being able to perform in front of people who aren't my cream-colored wall in my apartment room. Just such an amazing feeling, and it, it just made me realize how much I miss performing and how much I missed watching performances, and and I just like really cannot wait until theater is able to open back up, which things are kind of looking up. I'm seeing bit by bit higher hopes for theater, even in, in small capacities, being able to open back up and and hopefully within the next couple of months, small and small margins and increments, um, we will move towards being able to be fully back open safely and and I just can't wait. It's literally just the one thing that I have been saying. I say every day how much I miss it. Not just performing, it's going being able to go and, and witness performances as well. I love I love watching theater. I love being in a part of theater. All of that to say, it was such a great experience to be able to go back and film. That small, tiny 90-second performance just made me realize how much I, I really do miss it. The second most important thing, and really the reason why my week last week was so crazy and hectic, is get ready, everyone. Are you sitting down? Drum roll, please. I got a job. Thank the Lord I'm employed. Um, and thank God I can stop bugging you guys about it now. I feel like every every week I'm like, here I am, still unemployed. But I got a job. I'm very, very excited. I'm going to be working with actually a really close friend, so that's going to be really exciting. But last week, it was almost like every single job interview I had applied to, which was a lot, a lot, people. It was like they all decided to get back to me in one week and set up job interviews in the same week. So I had a lot of job interviews last week and that's why it was so crazy. But at the end of the day, I have a job now. I actually start today, the day that I'm filming it, which is why I'm filming this early in the morning. And I'm actually filming this a day before I usually do. So I'm sure my brother, AKA my editor, is very happy about that. You're welcome. This is your birthday present because it was his birthday last week. 
which I will talk about in one second. But happy birthday, Mickey. I'll get to it in a second. But yeah, I'm really excited to start working, to start having an income and being able to save up for things and uh, pay my rent, most importantly. Yeah, I'm really excited. And uh, now I can stop annoying you guys with that at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, there were so many birthdays this past week. I feel like for some reason, I just attract friends with either birthdays in March or birthdays in August. It's like the Pisces and the Leos. I don't know why, because I looked it up and um, Leos and Pisces aren't that compatible, but like, I feel like almost all of my like good friends are either Pisces or Leos, which is very interesting. Of course, I've got my roommates a Capricorn. I don't know anything about astrology, by the way. I like to pretend that I do. And I like to talk a big game like, oh, I'm a Leo and a double Libra, which means I'm a Libra or a rising and moon. Um, I don't really know what that means. I do know that I connect more with the Libra side of things and I have Leo tendencies um, because that's what was explained to me by a good friend who does know astrology very well. I like to talk a big game and I like to think that I understand a little bit about it. I don't know. I just tell people I'm a Leo. That's it. That's about it. <laughs> um, but all that to say, I have so many friends whose birthdays are in March. And also the two people that I look up to most in the acting community are also have March birthdays that were last week. So first of all, March 15th, biggest shout out of the day is my lovely editor, my lovely brother. He turned 25 this past week on March 15th. Happy birthday, Mickey. I didn't get to be with you during your birthday, but I'm sure it was a great time in quarantine. Um, his girlfriend's birthday is also in March the 6th. So they were able to get together and celebrate their two birthdays together, which is really cute. Good for them. Love y'all. My best friend from college's birthday is the 14th. Uh, his name is Jacob, and he is such a good friend. I love him dearly, and I have not been able to see him since the pandemic happened, and it is killing me. We Snapchat every single day, so I called him at midnight uh, the night of his birthday, or the morning of his birthday, and uh, happy, happy birthday, Jacob. I love you so, 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 so much. Um, there are a lot. Of, I have so many friends whose birthdays are in March. I can't even like begin to, to remember them all. But two notable birthdays that are also in March are if you guys have listened to this podcast at all before, you know that there are two actresses that I look up to probably the most in the acting community. And that is Lauren Graham and Sutton Foster. And they are also Pisces whose birthdays are very close to each other. And they both had birthdays this past week. So, uh, Happy birthday to them if they are not, definitely not listening to this podcast. So happy birthday, Mickey, Jacob, Lauren Graham, and Sutton Foster. Oh, and speaking of Sutton Foster, they just announced that Younger is going to be coming back on April 15th. I'm so excited. I love this show. I'm super sad that this is the last season, but I'm very, very excited to watch. I'm a little confused by the trailer though, because I feel like there was a pretty big cliffhanger at the end of season six that we were all waiting, like, and we were like, what's gonna happen? And then of course COVID hit, so we had to wait even longer. But there was a pretty big cliffhanger and I feel like they give it away in the teaser. I'm not gonna give it away right now, but like, I don't know, I was watching the trailer for season seven and it just, they like totally give away like what happens in the trailer. So I was a little disappointed about that, but maybe they don't. Maybe they're just trying to trick us and we don't actually know what's going to happen. But it's the last season and I don't think there's going to be too many too many drama-filled things or, or changes or anything just because it's the last season and it's probably going to be more of a, a goodbye situation. But I am very excited. April 15th, I believe they're releasing it on Hulu and Paramount+. Plus. I believe I was actually kind of nervous because they said that they were releasing it on Paramount Plus and I was like, I don't have that streaming service and I don't think I want to get it, but they are going to be re releasing it on Hulu. So I am very excited about that. Oh my gosh, speaking of birthdays, two very notable birthdays that literally just happened the other day. Um, happy birthday, Stephen Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber, two men who happen to have the same birthdays. That just reminded me of, of the video that they made last week of them singing happy birthday to each other. And this was like the, the start of the pandemic. And it was like one of the first, 
you know, things that, that came out after Broadway announced that it was shutting down. And they, it was just like such a wholesome video of them in their homes singing happy birthday to each other. And it was just so adorable and so cute. And also, oh my gosh, last year just reminded me of the Sondheim concert, which was one of the greatest things that I personally believe came out of 2020. If you did not watch that concert, literally stop what you're doing. Well, don't stop what you're doing. Finish this episode and then stop what you're doing. Go to YouTube and just Google Sondheim 90th birthday concert. At the time it came out, it was just so empowering and so beautiful and uh it just like lifted spirits and it was just so wholesome and and so nice to see all of these huge broadway stars in their homes literally just recording themselves singing sondheim songs to just appreciate a man who has meant so much to the broadway community and it just was a it was a thing that you know really showed that even in hard times, we can still come together as a community and celebrate something magnificent and bring beautiful art from your bathroom floor. Literally, I mean, from Sutton, it starts with Sutton Foster, her cinematic genius. She's singing in a closet, there won't be trumpets. And then scroll to Laura Benanti, like breaking hearts, literally singing on her bathroom floor to Mandy Patinkin singing Sunday in the Park with George in a park. And then, of course, let's not forget about the perfect ladies who lunch trio. Like, come on. And then just like ending it. I don't even I don't know if this is how it ended, but it was towards the end with Donna Murphy singing Send in the Clowns like. You just don't get better than that. You don't get better. You don't get more special. And it was just so uplifting to see these Broadway performers just coming together and to celebrate a man that was so special, even in times like this. So anyway, (laughs) um, happy birthday, Stephen Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber as well. So many birthdays. I'm telling you, it's the Pisces. Like they come out to play. They really just like Pisces is like one of my favorite seasons, to be completely honest. Again, I don't know anything about astrology, so I don't know why I'm talking about it, but it just happens to be, I love the Pisces season. I want to go ahead and get into the juice of this podcast because I am very, very excited for this episode. This is totally different from my typical format. If you guys are new listeners, I typically have a weekly obsessions. I talk about a play. I talk about a musical and um, I play a game and then I give you guys advice at the end. But every once in a while, I like to mix it up a little bit and just throw in maybe just a shorter episode for you guys to listen to. And also just, you know, it's a little bit more, I feel like this lends itself a little bit more to what the episode, what the podcast is actually called. It's called So I Got My BFA. I thought every once in a while, maybe I should actually tell you guys what it was like to get my BFA and what the process was like and what I wish I knew or what I learned or just have a good time recalling my college experience with you guys because I was very, very fortunate to have a very happy college experience. You know, there were good and bad days, but overall I I loved my college experience. I loved I loved everything that I learned. I loved my teachers and I just loved my classmates. And so I feel so lucky to get to share with you guys. But I did a Q&A a few episodes ago And I thought that I would want to start a series of these Q&A types of things called A Day in My BFA. So this is, it's really just going to be me answering questions that have been asked to me. I actually reached out to some people and so that I could get all of the, the questions that people are actually wanting to know about, you know, what college was like, what getting a BFA actually entails, what it was like for me personally. And I'm also going to try and keep this general as possible. So if you're listening and you just want to know what a BFA program is like or or things that happen in it. Um, I'll try to keep it as general, but I also like went through a very personal experience as well with my specific program. So it's I'm going to be jumping back and forth. But these are the questions, the most asked questions that I got. So I'm going to answer them. And this is going to be targeted at my freshman year. I thought in the series, I'll do this like every once in a while, but in the series, I want to talk about So the last Q&A, I did more of a, basically like I talked about moving and what that was like. So it's kind of like pre-college and then like an overall college experience. But like, I think for the series, I want to do a freshman year, a sophomore year, a junior year and a senior year and warp the Q&A around those, those specific years. 
So this Q&A happens to be freshman year, so we're probably going to get the most information or the most, not the most information, but the most, uh, the, the freshness of the wide-eyed and what it was like and, and everything like that. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the questions. I am very, very excited. So with that, let's start a day in my BFA. Isn't that a fun title? I think so. Anyway, <laughs> so my first question and the question I probably get more than anything is what was my experience moving from a small town to a big city? And I feel like this is a really important question to address, especially because I feel like a lot more people do this than than not, especially even after college. If Even if you didn't go to college in New York and then you moved to New York after college, it's such a different experience and I feel like a lot of people in this business can relate to the first time they moved to New York City from whether they came from a big city or a small town. I happen to come from a very, very, very small town in East Texas, and I traveled all the way to New York for college. My experience was, it was honestly, it was super, it was such an easy transition. So I think there was something about having that security blanket around starting college in a new city as opposed to just like moving to New York City and trying to start a career and a life. There was a security blanket about being in a dorm on campus, having a schedule to follow, you know, and and while we were on campus, the way my conservatory worked was we had classes on campus in Long Island, and then our conservatory classes were actually in Manhattan. So we would travel back and forth. But freshman year mainly, we were in the dorms, that's where we were, we were living. And uh, we would travel to the city two out of the five days of the week. Um, oh, by the way, I went to Malloy College and the Cat 21 Conservatory. That is where I went to college. Um, so it's a little bit, di- structured a little bit different, but I knew that that school was the one for me because I knew that I wanted the college experience and the conservatory experience. And for it all to just be kind of meshed into one was like everything I wanted in a school. And also the people that I met when I interviewed, it, it just felt like the right fit. It was in New York. Um, a dream of mine had always been to go to school in New York. Everything everything lined up and it was like a no-brainer at the end of the day that I was supposed to go here. So side note on that. But yeah, moving from my tiny town to the big city, it, for me, I think the biggest thing was just the people I was surrounding myself with all came from like different backgrounds and had different skills and different experiences and different stories. And like that was kind of a culture shock a little bit from apart from being with the same people for the past 13 years of my life. Um, and then also just immersing myself with people who are fully dedicated to theater and wanting to do this with their lives, as opposed to, I was very athletic oriented in high school. That was a big part of my high school was athletics and the, um, the, the sports departments. Um, and I actually didn't get to really do theater in high school apart from community theater. So jumping in straight and like full-fledged into a huge group of highly um, theater-oriented people was the biggest shock to my system. Um, And just seeing like the different personalities and and getting to know everyone. But honestly, I, I had a bit of an issue fitting in at first, but I think that once, you know, you really delve into it, once you go through a conservatory program um, or any uh, BFA program, really any theater program in general, you don't, you have an issue maybe like the first week or two, but like you really just delve into it because you kind of have to, because you have to trust the people that you're surrounding yourself with to be vulnerable in front of them in class and everything. But anyway, slight tangent on that. But I think that was the biggest shock to my system. Honestly, going from small town to big city, I have always felt in my gut that I am a city gal. I've been to New York multiple times before I came up here for college. So I kind of knew the atmosphere I was coming into. I was very fortunate to spend a lot of my birthdays up here. And um, so I I really was prepared for what New York City was going to throw at me. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest culture shock, and I was super excited about it anyway. I had always dreamed of going to New York for college, and I knew that I, was, I would end up here one day, and I was just more ready for it, so I think that's what prepared me more than anything and made it a little bit less of like a culture shock and 
and like, oh, I'm in big city world now and not so much small town, but everyone's experiences are different. But I would say that if you are wanting to, you know, come up to New York, whether it be for college or just to, you know, start your life and your career, do a lot of research and prepare yourself for the differences between what New York life will be like versus what your typical life is now, whether you're in a small town or a big city. Just just do research and ask people you know who live here or who have visited here, like what the atmosphere is like and if that's really what you want. Just like make sure that it's really what you want before you come up here because it can be quite frightening and and um, it can be like a lot thrown in your face if you're not prepared for it and it's not exactly what you want. So just do research and make sure that it, this, is, this is what you want before you really take the leap. But I wouldn't change it for the world. This is, I love it here, um, especially where I'm living now. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and so that was a very long answer to a very small question, but I felt like it was mo most important to talk about because so many people asked me, and even I get asked at home, like, how are you adjusting to, to big city life? And I'm like, I'm adjusting just fine. This is really the only the only path for me, honestly. Um, small town life was was okay, but like this is, I like, I like fast paced and I like, you know, always being kept on my toes and trying to figure things out and learning new things and being surrounded by all different types of people. And that's really just, it's just the life that I, I, I love to live. So I'm very, very happy that I made that leap and um, highly advise if you are similar to me um, for you to do the same thing. Moving on to the next question. So what was, this is another question I got a lot. What was my first day like versus what was a typical day at the conservatory like? So I'll talk about my very first day first because hoy boy Malloy, um, that's a saying that we made up because we went to Malloy College. Anyway, that first day was the most frightening thing I think I've ever done in my entire life. I was so nervous. I was instantly surrounded by people who are wildly talented with vastly different skill sets who had way more training than I had um, coming from small town. Like people had gone to performing arts high school and had coaches all throughout their lives. And it, it, I was like very small fish, big pond type of situation. And so I was terrified of the first day. First of all, the first day was placements. So basically the whole first day was just a bunch of auditioning type things. We had a song monologue audition and then we had dance auditions, ballet and jazz for the first year. And I was just so scared that I wasn't going to fit in and that I wasn't good enough to be there that I kind of just freaked myself out to a point that like I wasn't able to like communicate with people. <laughs> At one point during the day, they put us all in a holding room right before our singing and monologue auditions, placement auditions, I guess. Not really an audition, placement. Um, but they put us all in one holding room. And when I tell you that people were like going full out, like to a corner, like warming up, singing through their songs, I was just very... Not that like I wasn't doing that as well, but it was just a very like intimidating and like scary environment to be in. And especially as, as someone who is fresh, like, you know, very green and naive to, to, to what this business actually entailed and everything. It was it's such a shock. And, and we still talk about it to that day. I will joke about it with my classmates. We all talk about placement day and that specific holding room, how it was literally terrifying. People were doing all sorts of things. And there were some people who were just hanging out and there were other people who were going hardcore. And I find my, I found myself somewhere in the middle because I was very intimidated to like sing in front of that room, um, even in my own little corner and to do anything so I would like I would like warm up slightly and then I would just like kind of chill out but um I definitely grew a lot as a person confidence wise and maturity wise throughout this program but that first day I was very very um green and uh I didn't I did not know my place yet so the day started and we were in that holy room and then we did placements and it was so funny because the the person doing my placement, well, one of them was our head of the acting program. And then uh, the other 
person in my placement was actually Amanda Flynn, who ended up being my vocal tech teacher that year. And she was like, you're from Texas. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm from where, where from? I'm from Tyler. And I was like, you're from Tyler, Texas. I've literally, that blew my mind. And it was just so ironic that someone from Tyler, Texas was in the first placement in this new school in New York. And because no one's ever from Tyler, people are from Dallas or people are from, you know, Houston or Austin or San Antonio, the big cities. No one's ever from Tyler, not in that big of a capacity. And I was like, you're kidding. I'm from White Oak. And I don't, I don't think she knew where White Oak was, but White Oak is just like 45 minutes south. And Tyler is actually where I did a little bit of, did some community theater up in Tyler too. And it was just such a, it was a small world situation. And it, it, it made me feel a little bit better. I was like, oh, okay. Small world meets big city. And like, it was, it was a little bit of a calming sensation just to know that there was someone who was from very, very close to where I was from sitting in the room watching the placement. And she ended up being my vocal tech teacher for that year, um, which was very exciting to learn from her. She's so amazing at what she does. She literally changed the way I looked at my voice. The reason I, I, I like devote a lot of my progress that I made with my voice to her class. I, even though like, I don't know how much progress I actually made freshman year, but like moving on from then, a lot of her like techniques and stuff like that, I, I continued to use throughout my four years. And I attribute so much of that to her class. But moving on, So after placements, we did lunch and they didn't really have a cafeteria. So we kind of just, you know, went out into the city and got lunch, which was like also just like crazy. That's irregardless to the point. But after lunch, we had dance placements. And this is what I was most afraid of basically out of the entire day. I danced when I was young and I was actually on a competitive team up until seventh grade, I believe. So I like had a dance background, but I hadn't done it. I stupidly quit for volleyball, but I don't regret it, but I wish I could have been able to, to continue doing dance. But I quit when I was in seventh grade. And so I had not actually physically danced in five, six years. So I was so afraid that I was I had lost everything. I didn't really consider myself a dancer, especially ballet. Like I had never done ballet in my life um, before. So those placements were very, very scary. I actually ended up getting placed on a higher dance level than I expected to be placed in. I will talk about that in probably like a, a, another Q&A in the future, dance comes more into, into play. But that was really the first day. Um, it was very long. It was, it was the first day of classes in general. So, you know, it was, it was very tiring. We were very exhausted by the end of the day. And we were also just trying to take in all the sights of the cities as well as trying to, you know, live in the moment and um, not be afraid of placements. But that was the first day of college overall. It was at the end of the day, it was very exciting, and uh, but in the middle of it, it was very, very intimidating. Wow, I just talked about that for such a long time. But I do want to talk about what a typical day at the conservatory was like. So depending on the day, we would have the, the four classes we had at the conservatory pretty much every day, which was only the two days. We had theater classes on campus as well, but the days that were strictly conservatory, we always had an acting class, vocal tech class, ballet and jazz. Those were the classes we took at the conservatory. Um, And so a typical day would be waking up at 7 a.m., catching a shuttle to go to the Long Island Railroad train station um, to get to class by 10. And we either had acting or vocal tech first in the morning, and then we would have lunch, and then we had jazz and ballet in the afternoon, and then we would skedaddle on home. Um, back to Long Island. And that was freshman year is very, very basic. Everything. Um, We didn't have any projects that year. It was all about kind of stripping down our old habits. I think the biggest thing that I learned that year was that you have to really strip away all of your old habits before you can build and grow on new ones. So that's basically what the whole year was, was just like tearing down everything that we had basically known and just starting from the bottom and regrowing and learning good habits. 
and uh, whether that be in acting or in um, singing and then especially in ballet and jazz technique and dance stuff and everything and but overall it was freshman year was uh, probably one of the now that I look back at it, one of the easiest years as far as scheduling, even though we were so stressed out, we were like, oh my gosh, we never have time to do anything. We did. We had so much time compared to <laughs> the pre- or the next years. But yeah, super basic, baseline um, classes, acting one, vocal tech, uh, ballet and jazz one. And then on campus, we did voice and speech and script analysis the first semester, I believe. I don't really remember what we did the second semester. I'm sure it'll come to me. Oh, we had ballet on campus the second semester. And then, um, I don't really, no, I had voice and speech. I don't really remember. Um, at one point, voice and speech moved to the conservatory and ballet moved on campus. And we had another class that I clearly did not recall before recording this podcast. But uh, so that was a typical day at the conservatory. That was a very, very long answer. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next question. All right. Hey guys, I actually had to relocate because um, there is like mad construction happening right outside my apartment right now. And it was very, very loud and very distracting. So I am now in my living room and I I hope the audio didn't shift too much, but um, getting back into it. Another question that I get a lot were what were my favorite classes and my least favorite classes? And this is one that I threw in at the end of that What's a class that I didn't understand the point of until later on in my collegiate experience? My favorite class was definitely acting. Acting has I've always felt strongest in, and I just loved breaking down all of the bad habits and learning how to ground myself and learning techniques that um, really, really, you know, raised my acting from where I started to where I where I was and because it was acting one it was really all about you know learning who you are as a person and applying that to your characters that you're portraying and um, really just like breaking yourself down so that you can be able to put yourself into the characters that you're portraying we had one assignment where we literally just had to brush our teeth and then journal about what we observed about ourselves, like our stance and and do we brush with our right or our left or um, how how do how do we stand during the two minutes that we're brushing our teeth and what are little like ticks that we do and that we pick up while we are while we're doing that and it was really just like breaking down the characteristics of just a normal human being we also had lots of projects where we had to observe other people and even like conversations and write that down and script them out and how people talk and how people you know walk and go through life and and little things like that just to observe other people and then be able to take traits and aspects of that and and apply them to whatever specific character we're playing and that was it was really something that was totally new to me. I'd never really taken an official acting class before, so it was my first. I had a really really good experience in my first year. I didn't really have a breakthrough until the second semester. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but once I le- kind of leaped over the hurdle um, of getting out of my own way, I was really able to let go and I made a lot of progress. So yeah, that was one of the classes that I I remember the most and that I really enjoyed. My least favorite class, and this had nothing to do with the class itself or the teacher or the cl- my classmates. It had nothing to do with that. It was that I was so afraid of like being in the class, I guess. I was just like so intimidated and my confidence was like shot, but it was it's vocal tech. And the thing about vocal tech is that it's probably the most, out of all of the acting classes I took over the four years, vocal tech was probably the most vulnerable class that I ever walked into. We literally, it was stripped down. We were not allowed to perform. We sang like staring blankly into the abyss. And it was because it was all about focusing on technique. And if we had to like to, you know, like move our body in a certain way to like achieve a certain, you know, note or like a quality of sound. We were allowed to do that, but like we weren't allowed to act and perform. And I think a lot of performers hide their, I mean, everyone's insecure about their singing voice. You could have the best voice in the entire world and you could have some type of insecurity. And I think that a lot of us, when we perform, we hide, those insecurities go away because we are performing and we're not ourselves and and we hide behind the acting of it all and um it just I feel like that 
in my opinion, like the acting makes the singing better because you're not necessarily worried about all of that, all of the, the, everything that's going on with your voice. But in that class, we were literally like stripped down, vulnerable. We're not allowed to act. And it was just like, I came in, you know, not really knowing a lot. I came in as a mixer and I thought that I didn't even know what a mix was. Um, and now apparently I am, I am a mixer. Um, but I thought that my mix was belting and I thought that my head mix was singing legit. And uh, I didn't learn all of those things until I was in this class and I had to really like work hard and it was so vulnerable because you were making sounds and you weren't sure if the sound was going to come out gorgeous or if it was going to come out really hectic and chaotic. But like what I learned the most is that those sounds that are like not pleasing to the ear, that's the first step you have to take to be able to achieve the good quality of sound and good tone. You have to put your voice in that position of uncomfortableness and and you have to be willing to crack because once you crack it's just your cracking is your voice getting not being used to the sound that it's making so the more you crack the more your voice you know gets used to that and uh but I think I learned the most in that class honestly out of out of all of the classes I definitely learned the most and I definitely took the most out of that class on forward into the rest of my college experience. But at the time, I was so terrified. I loved watching the other people because I loved taking notes and I loved um, like watching their success. But I was so terrified every time to get up in class because it was just like such a vulnerable situation. And, um, you know, as a freshman, being new to all of these people and new to this program and new to new to everything you don't really want to put yourself in that much of a vulnerable situation where like you could literally just like start crying in the middle of class which may or may not have happened but um yeah it was just it was so scary and I was so intimidated at the time so that I think back on it I I remember like when I had to go in vocal tech I always like hated going in to do it but I'm very thankful for the class and I definitely could say that probably out of my four years that's the class I learned the most in I look back on it it was a great class I was just at the time very very scared of it and this is one that I threw in at the end because I really want to talk about it and I feel like people who are in a BFA program will understand me like no one else or someone who's been through a BFA program and then also just to like give some you know Future advice if you're listening and you're wanting to go and you're wanting to get a degree in musical theater. This is a class that I didn't understand the point of until my junior year of college, honestly. Um, I didn't understand what we were doing. I was I was literally sitting here in class like, what is the point of this? And it's voice and speech. And there was a part of the class where we were learning phonetics and stuff like that and how to talk in neutral American and later on in college we use those phonetics to to learn dialects and and stuff like that that part of the class I understood it was the physical aspect of the class connecting mind to body to breath that was the part of the class that I did not understand it honestly felt just like we were doing yoga and at the time I'd never done yoga and I didn't understand yoga I didn't understand the point of it I thought it was just stretching But what I realized my junior year of college, I actually had a huge breakthrough in one of my voice and speech classes where I just like completely bawled my eyes out for no reason because I had connected some type of emotion to what we were doing that day. And that's when that's the day it really like hit me. It was like, this is all about, you know, being able to fully be in our bodies and be grounded and connecting our our mind to our breaths and being able to pull emotion, whether that be happy, sad, anger, pulling everything from within and not just putting it on as an act. Also, voice and speech, one of the most important classes in musical theater school, I think, now that I look back on it, because really everything the breath work that we did in voice and speech and connecting mind to body is so important to take into your singing classes because you you use that breath work when you sing. It's so important to take into your acting class. It's a class that like you don't get the point of until you start applying it to your other classwork. And then you're like, 
that totally makes sense why why we're doing this. And it took me it took me till junior year of college to realize that. And so that's a class that I would say that if you are in a BFA program and you're going through it right now, or if you want to go through a BFA program, or if you're just listening because you like hearing me talk about this, that's one class that I would not take for granted. And I would definitely appreciate it more in the moment um, while you have the time to. So yeah, voice and speech, man. I really didn't think it would get me, but (laughs) it got me. Moving on, another question that I got a lot of was, what frustrated me the most about getting a BFA? Um, I wanted to talk about this because it is, there are frustrating moments and it's not all just like singing and dancing and happiness. And there, there are a lot of frustrating things that go into getting a BFA and it's hard work. Um, don't let anyone tell you if you're majoring in musical theater that you're just opting out of hard work because it's probably the most hard work I've ever done in my entire life. We, we worked from not freshman year, but like moving on to, to, to when we do, were doing projects and in rehearsals for shows, we worked from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day with like only small like lunch and dinner breaks in between. And it's a lot of, you know, physical, mental, emotional work. And it, it takes a toll on your body, not only physically, but mentally as well. And it's it's hard work. So just because it's not like calculating math equations and formulating scientific research. I don't know. (laughs) Clearly, um, I haven't done that since high school. It is, it's a hard thing to do. And don't let anyone tell you that it's not. It also requires you to be extremely smart. The best actors out there are the smartest people. And that's just the truth. So don't let anyone tell you that theater is just a that you don't and don't ever say that I was too dumb to do anything else so I became an actor that's not don't ever say that I hear that a lot honestly and that's just not true because if you're an actor you're smart especially if you're a good actor you are a smart person and it takes a lot of you know studying of yourself and of of the curriculum to to be successful and that's just point blank but anyway back to the question I think the thing that frustrated me the most while I was in college was this the schedule it's a hard schedule and it doesn't allow for a lot of time to do extracurricular things and I came from high school where I was on the debate team I was in student council I did model UN I played softball I was in choir I did theater for one year um I did UIL events in Texas if you guys know what that is basically like interpretive reading and and stuff of that nature And I was in AP classes and I was a flag runner on the football team. I did like almost everything that I could do in high school. I was a part of it. So coming to college, it was, there was no time to do that. I didn't really get to join clubs. I didn't really get to do extracurricular activities. Everything was so theater focused because of the schedule. And I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew that going into a BFA program, they really get to pick your schedule for you and a lot of time is devoted to that. I that so that's the one thing that just frustrated me the most was that I didn't really feel like I got to have the the typical college experience, I guess. Um a lot of my friends and 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 this is on me too, like I didn't go out and seek it as well because I was so like I was so exhausted that I was like I'm just going to stay in for the night and I didn't really go out and try and, you know, meet a lot of people that weren't in my program because especially in this I would say that most of us, our main source of community, our main source of friendship outside of college came from the program. And that's just a result of being thrown into a group of people every single day for four years. Um, but yeah, I would just say that that, that's the most frustrating thing is that I just didn't get to have a, a typical college experience, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I think that what I learned was very important and that I needed that kind of structured setting to be able to grow and to be able to learn. And, um, I'm happy I did it. And, uh, yeah, I, I made so many good friends, whether they be in the theater program or not, it didn't matter at the end of the day. It's people that I continue to talk to every single day, honestly, after college. And I'm, yeah, it was frustrating at the time, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change it. Okay. Next question. Oh, what was my favorite song slash scene to perform? So, 
I think my favorite song freshman year was Look What Happened to Mabel. And it, it was because like we were in vocal tech, so we weren't really allowed to act, but it was almost like acting through my voice and especially to achieve certain qualities during the song, I had to kind of put on like a little bit of a character voice. And so that was that was a really fun song to sing. It's also just a, a, a great song and it's in my book right now. It's a, it was just a really fun song to to explore different types of sounds with. It was my second belting song. Um, so I was a little bit more comfortable with like making loud noises and belting, really working on my open belt as opposed to like my mixed belt, which is what I really came in, into college with. Um, and I felt like I made a lot of breakthroughs with that song. My favorite scene to perform was hands down. I did a scene from Proof. It was a scene with two sisters and I was able to activate a lot of um, things that I hadn't really allowed myself to be open and to activate later on, or no, sorry, earlier on in college. And uh, again, like a lot of breakthroughs happened during that scene. It was a scene where I was able to step over a hurdle and let go. I actually, my character was supposed to have like a, like a breakdown during the scene, not out of like sadness, but it was, it was more of like a, an, an angry, an anger type of breakdown. So that was really fun to play and to be big and bold. And I think that that was something that a lot of my teachers were trying to bring out of me freshman year was, was how can we get her to be brave and be bold and not be afraid to come out of her shell? Cause I was very like kept to myself and very, um, <laughs> in, in my own world, especially freshman year. And I think that they were trying to find ways to like bust me out of that. And I think that this scene really did a, a lot for me. And it uh, it opened me up to realizing that like I can do that and I can I can achieve like those emotions and I can play, play those types of roles. And it was just a really, it was a really fun scene to be a part of. And then, oh, I guess like moving on to that was what was the moment I felt the biggest breakthroughs in each of my classes. So for acting, it was proof, everything I just said. Singing wise, I would say it was I'm going back from Bells Are Ringing. That was my very first belting song. And it's it's not very high, but it is a very big like belt, especially when you're not used to making those types of noises. And I feel like that's when I had the biggest breakthrough as far as making loud sounds and not being afraid of that. Um, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about the legit section of vocal tech. That was a whole other story. That was the section of vocal tech where I was really just afraid to get up and sing. But yeah, I would say that made the most progress during I'm Going Back um, for Bells Are Ringing. It's also a very good song to have in your audition book. Uh, and then in dance, I would say that I really didn't have like a huge breakthrough until... We did demos. I think that there was such a difference between me performing in front of a lot of people versus me doing the dances and trying to be in character during class. And I think that what I took from that and moved on to the next semester is that I was like, I need to take this energy and um, this like performance level into class with me. I can't just save it for the performance. I need to be, the only way for me to grow is for me to consistently continue to, to, to perform like this in literally every single class. It will help me pick up the dances quicker because I had a huge issue with pickup skills my freshman year. And also just like, just go for it. And if you mess up, you mess up, like whatever, you know? But I would say that it was really the, our dance demos that, that made me get over the, the hurdle on that one. Okay, I'm only gonna do maybe one more question because this I did want this to be a shorter episode and I feel like it's long, but that's just me because you know, if you click on this, I'm just rambling, talking. This is what you came here for, isn't it? I don't even know if that's still the intro, but um, anyway. So let me pick a good question. Here's a good one. What was the hardest thing I had to learn, the hardest lesson I learned throughout my freshman year. And I think that that would definitely be to not be afraid to go for it. And by that, I mean to not be afraid to be bold and be brave and to screw up and to not be afraid of failing because it, you don't grow without failure. And that actually leads me into my advice column for today. So I'll go ahead and just tie this in to wrap up the episode a little bit. But my advice for today is to welcome failure into your life and not run away from it because failure is literally the key to success. 
You do not succeed without failing before. And I guarantee you, literally any person who is successful in any type of way out there will tell you that they did not find success on the first try. They had to work for it. They had to fail over and over and over and over again. Because when you fail, you learn, right? You you can't learn from your mistakes if you don't make mistakes. And something that I was so afraid of doing my freshman year was failing and looking like a fool and not being 100% perfect. And it just comes with like, I have a bit of a type A personality where everything has to be perfect and I have to be the best. And I was so scared of not being the best that I held back a lot and that I was afraid to, you know, do certain things and, and make certain noises and in, in singing class and go to certain links and acting and really just like show myself and dance. And I was, I was so afraid of doing that because I was afraid of not being perfect. And what I learned at the end of that year was that it's the imperfections that made me grow. You know, if I hadn't failed at one song during vocal tech, I would have never gone home and practiced my butt off trying to achieve certain sounds in a practice room 24-7. If my first acting scene was perfect, I would have been like, oh, I don't need to practice. I don't need to blah, blah, blah. I'm perfect. But because like there were imperfections, I was able to take that and I was able to apply it and learn from them and work my ass off. Sorry for my language, but to achieve success in the future. And, you know, even if you don't see success the next time, I didn't start seeing a lot of success until my junior year of college, where I was really felt like I was able to let go and get out of my own way and accept the failures that had become bef- that had come before me to be able to move on and make me the person who I am today, who is able to sit here and sit in front of a microphone and talk to you guys. And let me tell you, there's a lot of failures in this podcast as well that you guys don't hear because they get edited out. But I, again, I learn from them and I grow. I'm happy that I'm able to talk to you guys about this stuff. So overall advice for the week, accept failure, allow it into your life, embrace it, beg for it, because eventually all of that failure is going to make the success that much greater and it's going to allow for that success to come into your life. That's the podcast for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was kind of a, a, a different type of episode, but I hope that it was slightly educational or that you, you are able to walk away from something. Or if not, Um, Thank you for allowing me to share a portion of my college experience with you guys. And uh, just thank you for listening every week. And next week, we will be back with our regularly scheduled podcast with our weekly obsessions, our musical of the week, the game and the advice column, of course. Um, I don't know what musical I'm going to do next week. Maybe I'll do like a poll and ask you guys what you want to hear. That will be on my Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at underscore Kelsey McFall underscore. And I'm also on TikTok if you want to just, you know, watch some silly videos of me doing whatever, living my life. Um, I'm at KelseyMC137. Thank you guys so much for listening and coming back each week. I love you guys. I'm so happy that I get to chat with y'all each week. And I will see you next time. Goodbye.